Welcome to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hanson, hosted by attorneys Sean Garner and Adam Hanson. Good morning. This is Life, Death, and the Law. I'm attorney Adam Hanson, and I'm in the studio today with my partner in crime, Sean Garner, and we've got Cody, our sound tech, and we've got a special guest with us today, Grayson. He's a high schooler at Gila Ridge, and he's going to be gracing us with his presence in the studio. We'll see if he adds anything to the show. I doubt it. So you better, I have low expectations, oh, Grayson. come on. And, and, uh, I'll so. try to pitch in as much as I can. Okay. Really the subject of what we're going to begin with today is this, uh, concept that we call free speech in the United States. It's a big term to throw out there. And the reason this is coming up is because of a recent interview that Vivek uh, Ramaswamy had with Piers Morgan. This was last week. I think it was last Tuesday. And this comes on the heels of Vivek in, being in Las Vegas and giving a speech at a Jewish uh, Republican coalition dinner. And in that speech, he was pretty hardcore in his support for Israel. But he also said some things that we haven't been hearing in the typical conservative um, narrative as that's being put forth. And I have to say, and Sean, when Sean sent me this video, and as I watched it, and I guess I watched it all, he asked, he was surprised that I watched it all, because it's a little bit lengthy, but... It's a long video. I, I made the comment to Sean that I agreed, I didn't hear anything in, in that conversation that Vivek said with peers that I disagreed with. I, I agreed with him on everything that he was saying. And it comes on the heels of my watching a particular... It was just a run-of-the-mill mill news story that came out of Fox News on my YouTube um, browsing that popped up. It was last uh, a week ago from today, last Monday, and it was just a simple news article about them interviewing a a member of Congress, a Republican member of Congress, and how they were adamant about we need to give aid to Israel. They are our ally, and um, they were trying to put forth this, I think it was like a $109 billion aid package for Israel. And that first struck me because I'm thinking, wait a second, we can't even, we, we are trillions of dollars in debt, and that's my money that you're giving, why are we giving my money to Israel? I don't understand. Like, Israel can do their own thing. Yes, we're their ally, but I I don't go around, if I'm, on the streets here in the United States, living my life on the streets, I have no money or the little money that I do get from begging. I'm not going to give that to somebody else because I need that money. We need to take care of ourselves first. Why, why are we giving money to other nations to fight some sort of proxy war? That was my, and, and what was interesting to me was that this Congressman was so adamant and it was obvious that that is the narrative in the Republican uh, on both sides of the aisle, honestly. On, on Congress, well, uh, yeah. More so on the Republican side. They're going all in with Israel to the tune of $109 billion. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, that, that's a total package. They want to give some of it to um, Ukraine as Ukraine well. Ukraine as well. I think the majority of it's actually for Ukraine. Yeah. Regardless, why are we giving money to other people? That's my money. Yeah. And, and what struck me was I had the thought when I was listening to this guy. I'm like, that's not your money. Huh? Yeah. Like, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, $109 billion billion dollars to these countries it's like that's my money not your money 
and I'm not giving you permission to do that. But they yeah. run around acting like it's their money and they can do whatever they want with it. And now we actually have that money. Yeah. You know, you know, back in the early uh, 1800s, we had we had this discussion on a previous show where David Crockett, he was a congressman and uh, he was asked why he voted against um, paying a widow who had her house burned down and she was a war widow. Um restitution for the losses that she had um, in her house burning down. And he said, as much sympathy as I have for this person, and there couldn't be a more sympathetic person out there, it's not my money to give. It's it's the American public's money. Now, if I want to give a donation, and in fact, let's, let's pass around the coffer here in the House of Congress and um, donate our money if we want to... Th- make this widow's situation a little bit easier, but we can't take somebody else's money and give it to her. That is theft, and you can't do it even on the highest moral standard. And if we can't do it for a widow who was a war veteran's wife, then you can't do it on a proxy war across the pond. One of the things that Vivek said here, to your point, Sean, is what I hear you to say is, if you want to make a difference, if you want to use your personal money for Israel or for Ukraine, then pay pay directly to them. I don't need my government to do that for me. I can pay to different aid programs that are going to go directly to helping those over there in those countries. But that's my prerogative. It's not my American government's prerogative, and it's not their money. It's my money. And I bring that up because in, when Vivek was giving this interview, he makes mention of what he's personally done, which was charter a flight for 200 passengers to get them out of harm's way. Yes. So he's putting his money where his mouth is. If you really want to help, then help. And, and that's what I like so much about Vivek is because, number one, he's actually he's a self-made man. He's actually lived the American dream and proved that it's still alive. Maybe not well. It's sick, but it's, it's alive. And he wants to bring it back to full health. But he actually contributes in this... Uh, charitable way that he expects other people to contribute. And so if he says, you ought to have a policy that does this, well, the government doesn't need to be in control of that policy. That needs to be your personal policy. Why don't you go out and do that thing? I've chartered a a plane to help 200 people uh, escape the atrocities that are going on in Israel. You guys can do the same thing and donating. There's a lot of um, charitable organizations over there that are assisting, that are helping out participate in those charitable organizations but don't take your neighbor's money and say hey i've got some money here take this and that's exactly what congress is doing is stealing our money and saying hey we're going to be generous and by the way let's get a photo op of it let's get a photo op of us giving all this money away yeah what, what how I, generous really are they what what i don't understand is um we're giving all this money to ukraine which i mean and uh israel which i mean yes they're in they're in dire need of like like they're in war, and I understand that. But I mean, look at our look at our Hawaii uh, fire that burned down lots of houses out there, and we're not supplying them with supplies. I don't understand that. Like, right? How how long did it take uh, Mr. Yeah. Biden to get out on the scene yeah. of Maui and assess what was going on, and how quick was the government there to the aid? In fact, there's a lot of theories. And uh, whether or not they're conspiracy theories, they turn out to be truth. It was actually the the severity of the fire was extended because of the government intervention and blocking the roads and um, and thwarting the upgrades of the infrastructure for fire suppression. My brother lives on Maui, and he told me that people are just now able to start to get back to their homes to like clear things out. 
But can you imagine that? Like, it's taken this long to be able to allow you to return to your home to clean it up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know? they're in a war zone. Yeah. Well, yeah. But in they a don't sense. Ha- they don't have any products that are sold by Raytheon. So. Yeah, that's true. No so value in helping. The, the portfolios of the congressmen <laughs> over there are not being padded by assisting these these people from Maui. So what is a real incentive, right? Yeah. I mean, that talking point of the individuals in, in Maui, that was on a 24-hour news cycle, there and gone. Yet, what's going on in the war? And, and this is another thing that Vivek brings up very clearly, what, that we have a moral obligation to intervene in um, Ukraine because they're fighting for democracy. Now, he, he disputes whether or not it, it truly is a democracy and our standards of what a free and fair democracy is as far as elections being held. But let's assume that it is just for the sake of this argument. If that's the case, if we are there because of moral reasons, why aren't we there in every other conflict in Africa, in um, in Asia, where the Uyghurs are being forced into concentration camps at levels that are are even greater than what happened in World War II? In North Korea, the people that are starving to death. The people that are starving to death in North Korea. Why aren't we there in all those? Because we don't have a financial interest, because the Congress and congressmen and women don't stand to benefit financially from wars in those regions. It's sad but true. I mean, look at the the wealth of your, your speakers and your congressmen, your senators, when they go in and then when they leave. Yeah. Or the husband of the former speaker. Look at, you know, the 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 wealth that they've accumulated. Right, right. Um, Nancy Pelosi and her husband are extremely wealthy because of their investment decisions. He's... Um, but not insider trading. Yeah, right, exactly. And, and and even presidential candidates right now for the Republican Party, you look at Nikki Haley. She, she and her family, they were not well off before they got into public life. They weren't well off even when she joined the U.N., after her participation in the UN and her ability to contribute what conflicts the United States participated in, then she became a consultant for these um, these arms manufacturers. And then she became on the board. I think she's on the board for, is it Boeing? I'm not sure, but it, it, it's, it's Boeing or Raytheon or, or one of those. You can fact check me on that. She's on, she's on the board of one of these um, dealers that uh, participate in the, in the um, manufacturing of arms. And now she's wealthy. She lives in a multi-million dollar house and, and gets to travel the world. And all because, not because of some um, product or service she provided to the public, but because of a special interest that she has influence with. Boeing. That, is it Boeing? Yep. Yes. And now she's going to make millions of dollars influencing the policy that is going to help that company raise its stock. Yeah, or, or at least the inside knowledge of knowing how it operates and, and positioning them to. Yeah. Yeah. She could foresee, okay, there's some conflict in these regions here. Probably the um, we're going to get involved here. Boeing, you're probably going to be helped out a bit. Well, what are, what are my stock options again as a board member? Yeah, let's go ahead and exercise those right before the conflict breaks out. Then we'll see uh, if I can afford that next million dollar house. It's crazy. And Trump's the only politician that has actually like lost money after leaving office. Yeah. Well, what I love, <laughs> there's this bit about Dave Chappelle. I had to bring it up. 
but um, he comes out on Saturday Night Live and he goes, you, you got to give props to Trump because he is the only politician that's come out. He's come out of the big white mansion and said, yeah, you know, everything that you, you say that we're doing in there, that we're, we're rigging the game, that we're playing, you know, with your guys's money and the, and the finances and everything. Yeah, we are. <laughs> and how do I know? Because I'm part of it. And then walk back in the house and continue doing it. And people are like, well, thank you for at least telling us straight to our face. Because we all know that it's happening. But what we hate is a hypocrite. Yeah, they always hide it under the rug. And I, yeah. I don't like it. Like, at least he admits it. He admits it. He says, there's a game, right? About Hillary it. Clinton's like, well, you don't even pay like very many taxes. And he goes, yeah, that makes me smart. <laughs> the, the, tax rest, the tax system is rigged. Fix the tax system, right? Make it a fair, flat tax, and, and I'll have to pay with like everybody else. But as long as you're going to have the system rigged, of course I'm going to use the loopholes that exist. <laughs> We've got to go to a break. We're going to talk about free speech right after this. This is Life, Death, and the Law. Coming up, more thought-provoking conversations on life, death, and the law right after this. Hey, you, my Dave Ramsey here. If you listen to our show or know anything about us, then you know I only recommend products and services I trust and I believe in. That's why when it comes to protecting your assets and planning for your loved one's future, you've got to call my friends Sean Garner and Adam Hansen at the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen. I encourage you to take the first step and attend a free, no-pressure seminar and learn all of your options. The firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen has been educating the Yuma community for over 40 years, and this is the only area of law that they practice. Sean and Adam believe in giving free education to help people make smart decisions about their assets and help them leave a legacy for their family that they can be proud of. Schedule a free personal consultation today. Call 783-4575 or visit YumaEstatePlanning.com. You're listening to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by Deason, Garner, and Hansen, the law firm that has been voted Yuma's best six years in a row. Welcome back to Life, Death, and the Law. I'm attorney Adam Hansen, and I've got my partner in crime, Sean Garner, here to my side in our studio, and we've got uh, Cody working the board and, and pushing buttons, and we've also got a special guest with us, our high school friend, Grayson. He's gracing our presence with his opinions and with his commentary. We'll see if he does a good job. He's going to be graded for this, um, A to F, <laughs> and we'll see how he does. Before the break, we mentioned how we're going to get into free speech dialogue and um, the the principles of free speech, the way we see them. And uh, before we get too far into that, I just need to make mention of some upcoming seminars that we have at the end of the month, November 30th, that's a Thursday. You can come visit Sean and I at the Yuma Main Library at 6 o'clock. We try to do that a little later this month so that uh, that gives those that are working the opportunity to get off work and then get over to the library. And uh, if you have questions about what to do for your family to make sure that they're protected in the event that you become disabled or you pass away, come and see us and we can give you some ideas. If you're not able to make it there on Thursday, November 30th, at the Yuma Main Library, then we're going to be doing this again on Friday, December 1st at 1 p.m. Again, a little bit later in the in the afternoon to give those that are working in the morning some time to get, get to the library after that. Come and see us. Uh, people really enjoy these seminars because they learn a lot, and that's why we do it. We want to educate the community 
as to how to get their affairs in order so that uh, hopefully you can avoid avoid court action or disputes or unnecessary taxes or something like that. So uh, come see us on those dates. Now, getting into the free speech, Sean, you're going to queue up this uh, segment of Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah. Well, really, it's an exchange between Vivek and uh, Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan is interviewing. This was last Tuesday. And it's a really good exchange. You mentioned how you think that Piers is a little slimy in it. I, I think Not he's- slimy. I just think that he, he was too opinionated where he, he was supposed to be acting the reporter's role or the interviewer's role, and he was interjecting too much. His questions became monologues. That well, was that was my what I appreciate about him. It's kind of ironic because it's it's a display of free speech. Uh, well, it is a debate. The I, speech that he was trying to put on stage was Vivek's, not his own. The thing about it though is this is Piers Morgan's show. He can do what he wants. This isn't your typical Dateline or or something like that where you want that party to be neutral. Piers, this is his stuff. He can do what he wants, yeah. and he's saying this is my opinion. Yeah, maybe I agree with you. Maybe I don't. What I love about it is this is this is a great display of free speech on display in the public arena of a public debate. Yeah, so let's listen to their exchange, and I want you to consider whose opinion do you align with most, Pierce Morgan or Vivek Ramaswamy? So let's play it. Lines will actually be red lines, because if they're crossed, it means it really violates the national self-interest. One of the so other, that's why I look at it. One of the other candidates for President Ron DeSantis has said that the students who've been protesting across American campuses, um, very pro-Palestinian, a lot of Jewish students feeling very threatened by it. Some of these students actually beaming pro-Hamas imagery to the buildings at George Washington University and so on, that they should be taken out. Uh, If they have visas, they should be revoked and so on. You've said you don't believe in that because of free speech. But again, is there no limit to that free speech? If people are actively supporting and promoting a terror organization like Hamas. That's, isn't that hate speech, not free speech? Well, to be clear, I am a ardent defender of the First Amendment. So um, I agree so, with you. So the First Amendment does not protect against incite, actual incitement to violence, to say, hey, go kill that guy right there, do it now, shoot him. That's not protected speech. What about speech. saying Hamas but, is but the, right? So, so in the U.S., the jurisprudence on this, I mean, the U.S. is very clear. Anything that is an expression of an opinion is protected. So if you're expressing an opinion, however heinous, mm. that opinion is protected by the First Amendment. All opinions are protected. Now, my view is some of those are heinous opinions. We're the country, the United States of America, who said the Nazis could march in Skokie, Illinois. Many people around the world would disagree with that, but that's what makes America itself. I disagree vehemently with those Nazis, but I will defend to the death, this country, in this country, the right of anybody to express their opinion. You'll defend to the death the right of people to be Nazis in America. I write the right of people to express an opinion. Being a Nazi can involve more than that, right? If you're taking action based on that, no. Heck no. But if you want to... But if you're promoting and supporting a, a, a Nazi ideology, why would you want to accept that in America? I don't want to accept that. The way we defeat it... Why would you tolerate it? I don't tolerate it. We don't tolerate it through free, more speech. You defeat it in the marketplace of ideas, and we're not tolerating it. Because think about what you're doing to somebody who has that nasty opinion and then tell them that they have to keep it to themselves. You tell people they can't speak, they scream. But would you allow people If you tell to... people they can't scream, that's when they take physical okay, action. But so also, I don't want to see that. Would you be happy to see pro-Nazi? No, I'm not happy. I'm, of course I'm not happy. If you're happy president of the United States, you would allow it to happen. Nazi marches. It, I, I'll tell you something deeper, Pierce. This is how it works in the... Okay. 
So first of all, I want to have a little bit of commentary on that. And then what the point that he's going to make up next is, I think, fantastic. But um, Pierce says that you shouldn't support Nazis and their ideology or allow them to express their ideology in America. What's your opinion on that, Grayson? Right or wrong? Should Nazis be able to express what their viewpoints are and their political ideology? I, I really like what he's saying right there. Um, I mean, everybody has an opinion, and I feel like they should be able to express it, right? What if that opinion is, we hate all minority groups, we hate anybody that's uh, got, uh, that, that is gay or lesbian or transgender, they should all be eradicated. What, what if that's their belief? That's okay to express that? I mean, that sounds a little uh, like the... KKK. Like the Nazis? Uh, yeah, Nazis. Well, the KKK, yeah, and the Nazis are, are, are their bedfellows, yeah. We're not saying that's okay, and their their opinions, I feel like if they go on that far, probably not. But um, so, so it's okay to censor their speech by what? By arresting them? No. Or, no. By, or filtering them on the internet? I don't know, because that's, that's their... Like, like I, I get what he's trying to say, but like I don't. So, so the question is: Is there a limit to free speech? That's that's the question that Piers, he he's alluding to that there is. There is a line that you cannot cross. Yeah, and that that would he's from he's from the UK, so obviously yeah. there is they they don't enjoy as much free speech as we do. They've tried to liberate that over the course of years, as the US provides an example of and that. has demonstrated that the marketplace of ideas is the best way to get the best ideas to the top. That's right. I, I wholeheartedly agree with Vivek here. So so uh, I want to get back to Grayson here because it's, it's uncomfortable, right? Yeah, yeah. To, to say that it's okay for other people that we disagree with to express their opinions. But you cannot have free speech if you don't allow everybody yeah. to speak their mind. Uh, like, like Just one point, and then I'll, I'll let you, okay, you know, okay. respond yeah, yeah, here. Okay. But... Um, Vivek makes a very clear line, and he says that this is supported in American jurisprudence. And for those of you out there that don't maybe connect that, jurisprudence is the rule of the courts in in the Supreme Court. When the cases have been brought before the Supreme Court and decided whether or not they fit within the Constitution protection under the First Amendment or not, the Supreme Court, when it makes its ruling, that is jurisprudence. So that's that, that term defined. And he says, Case after case after case, the Supreme Court has said you cannot incite violence where it's an immediate and imminent threat. For example, you cannot say you who have the means, who has a gun in his hands legally or not, right, you, you have the means, go over and kill that person over there that is within our proximity and you can actually carry out the action. That is an incitement to violence. There's an immediate and imminent threat. Incitement to violence by saying, I support Hamas, is not actually an incitement to violence. Yeah, that is a watering down of that phrase and that um, exception to freedom of speech. So now go ahead with your response. Um, I mean, I feel Talking like... Talking to the mic. Yeah, I feel like their, their claims aren't... Like, they can express their opinion, but their claims aren't good, and they're violent like that. Like, I don't think... 
whose claims? The Nazis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I feel like they can. What about what about it. Hamas and 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 these pro-Palestinian protesters that are showing paragliders from Hamas militants flying into uh, Israel? Should they be able to post those? cartoons and figures and say i support palestine should they be able to do that because that's clearly a terrorist group yeah yeah yeah. should they be able to under the first amendment i mean i don't necessarily think so because i mean technically it's in like it's violent no so we should censor their speech anybody who supports hamas or palestine or iran or any organization that supports the movement that is occurring right now in this war for, of Hamas against Israel, but has turned into Palestine against Israel because Hamas is so intertwined into the Palestinian uh, population that it can't be s- segregated out at this point, is, is what we're seeing in, in the real world. So um, anybody that supports the, the actions of this terrorist group should be censored. I mean, I don't think so. They have a freedom of speech, but I mean, doesn't mean their their claims are okay. Like, how do we how do we express and combat their claims and their ideas? What's the best way to do it? Shut it off from the internet and censor it, or is there another so, way? No. What 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 way would you do it? Um, probably go up to them, and be like, "Hey, like I see your claim, I see what you're saying, but." Um, I mean, is it, is it really okay? And like, try to see what they're trying to say and like, kind of, I don't know. I feel like censoring and shutting people down isn't okay. Like, cause that's trying to hide it. And I, I don't like trying to hide people's thoughts and actions, but, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like a better way to say that. <laughs> what do you think, Adam? I hear you just you just answered the question, and I think you're more in line with what Vivek is saying. Yeah. And the reason you're you're feeling that is because Sean posed the question to you, Grace, and he asked, "Well, what would be the remedy then if you have these people that are openly displaying pictures of paragliders and saying we support Palestine with paragliders? Paragliders. I don't know if you're familiar with this. That's how Hamas." initiated their terrorist attacks. So they had paragliders come into Israel and they went into a music festival and other homes and they just started murdering people, kids and and children and grandmothers and stuff like that and taking hostages away. So when a person in the United States on a college campus holds a flag like that, that has a paraglider and says, we support Palestine. What do you think they're saying? Um, But they're they're, they're endorsing what happened, right? An act of violence. So, so, do we shut them down? That was the question that Sean asked. What is the remedy? If you don't agree with that, if you don't support what Palestine did, yeah. is it okay to say, well, you can't fly that flag. That offends my me because... Yeah, you can't post that tweet. You because can't, whatever. That's offensive to me. I don't believe with... I don't believe that a person should be allowed to paraglide into a foreign country and kill their citizens. I don't believe that. No matter how hard, how bad they feel that they were harmed by Israel. I don't feel like they should yeah. be able to do that. Therefore, you can't fly that flag because it offends me. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that more. I that Yeah, that would offend me. And I'd be like, hey, like, I know that's your your opinion, but I mean, do you realize what they're doing? Like, 
that's an act of violence and that offends me and my culture. So what you're saying is, let me just summarize what I hear you to say. You're saying, no, that shouldn't be allowed because it's offensive. And, uh, but then you, you follow that up by saying, because this is why it's offensive. Yeah. But if you just shut it down to begin with, you can't have that conversation. So, so free speech means you're allowed to display that flag and express your opinion and I'm allowed to debate with you yeah. as to why I feel that's offensive. And I can express to you that I feel like that's offensive because this, 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 and this. Yeah. And you can say, well, I don't. I think it's justified because of what Israel's done to Palestine because of this, this, these many years and blah, blah. You can give me your opinion and we can go back and forth, back and yeah. forth. That is free speech. And that's the only remedy yeah. to getting to the bottom of this matter. And if you shut it down, you can't have that. And that's I don't, right. I don't, I don't like that. I'd I rather you have a debate than shut it down at all. And, and that's the thing. Freedom is messy. Yeah. Democracy is messy. And, and the whole idea is, in democracy, the experiment was, can people be allowed to express their opinions freely and then be entrusted to actually elect representatives to run the government? In a sense, the people are running the government themselves because the representatives are only elected to represent very defined facets of their lives. They're, they're not set in power to create policy over every aspect of our lives. They're set in power to create laws very specifically to protect all of our constitutional rights, which our constitutional rights are essentially all of our inalienable rights. The right to assemble freely without being impeded by the government, to worship however we feel appropriate, to carry arms to do the things to um, contract one with another freely without the intervention of the government. And the, the government's only job is to make sure that other people, other actors, especially government actors, don't impede on those rights. I, we've started to accept this twisted reality that the government is there to tell us what is right and wrong and how we should conduct ourselves. And that is wrong. We should, the, the whole idea, the American experiment is that people can govern themselves. And the government only just, they need to protect the nation as a whole, and they need to protect the citizen as an individual against infringements by other citizens or the government itself, and that's it. The rest of it, they need to stay out of our way. The common misconception is that the government gives us rights. And that, if you begin on that premise, then you're really, really uh, far behind the curveball because from the constitutional standpoint and from the founder standpoint, our rights are given to us by our creator. He gives us the rights to free speech. He and the right to live. To and the right to live. If you start from that premise that all rights are given to us by a God, the government is somebody that comes in and they can only do certain things that we allow them to do. And that's one of those things is not to curb what I want to say. God gave me the right to speak what I feel is my opinion, and the government doesn't have a right to take that away from me. If we allowed that, now we're regressing back to what we fled in the first place through the Revolutionary War. We've got to go to break. This is Life, Death, and the Law. We'll be right back. Coming up, more thought-provoking conversations on life, death, and the law right after this. 
Hey, you, my Dave Ramsey here. If you listen to our show or know anything about us, then you know I only recommend products and services I trust and I believe in. That's why when it comes to protecting your assets and planning for your loved one's future, you've got to call my friends Sean Garner and Adam Hansen at the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen. I encourage you to take the first step and attend a free, no-pressure seminar and learn all of your options. The firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen has been educating the Yuma community for over 40 years, and this is the only area of law that they practice. Sean and Adam believe in giving free education to help people make smart decisions about their assets and help them leave a legacy for their family that they can be proud of. Schedule a free personal consultation today. Call 783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com. You're listening to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by Deason, Garner, and Hanson, the law firm that has been voted Yuma's best six years in a row. Welcome back to Life, Death, and the Law. We are talking with Grayson. He is a high school student from Gila Ridge, and um, we're talking about free speech. And, of course, in high school, you probably encounter this quite a bit. Yep. Some speech is tolerated and even celebrated that you may disagree with. And other speech is suppressed or um, threats of violence against it mm-hmm. because they don't agree with it. And and typically right now we, we've been seeing that if you want to broadcast um, your religious beliefs, especially Judeo or Christian mm-hmm. religious beliefs, people can rail against that with impunity. They can... Um, put you in a corner, they can say, you know, we don't want you to say the Pledge of Allegiance, or we don't want to, you know, sing the national anthem before class, or whatever. That's ridiculous. Well, and it is, but um, that that's what's happening today, whereas oppo- the, the, the opposing viewpoint is, we should be able to say anything we want regarding um, our, our gender identity, or our, our political affiliations, as long as the general consensus, the mass media, is along and, and supports it as well. And so Pierce Morgan here, he's asking Vivek Ramaswamy, where is the line? Because Vivek is saying Nazis should be allowed yeah, but they to express their opinion. And he says, well, their opinion is this hateful, genocidal ideology. And he says, well, I agree. But the best way to defend against that is to express better ideas. Yeah. And debate against it back and forth. Allow it to occur so the debate can happen. So then he goes, if you're the president then, you're going to allow these Nazi demonstrations. And so this is what we're, we're going to come back into this. Would you be happy to see pro-Nazi? No, Nazis? I'm not happy. Of course I'm not if happy you're president of the United States, you would allow it to happen. Nazi marches. It, I, I'll tell you something deeper, Pierce. This is how it works in the United States. It's not even my power to decide whether to allow it to happen. The Constitution and the Supreme Court has already long held that the expression of heinous opinions is part of the American constitutional life. To say that the government, no government actor, should ever decide which opinions can and cannot be expressed, period. That's what the First Amendment is all about. Once we lose that, once the government can decide which ideas can and cannot be expressed, that's the ballgame. And, and I've been the major defender of this from a right-wing perspective for years, right? Saying that 
conservatives should be allowed to express skepticism of COVID vaccines or the origin of the COVID pandemic or questions relating to race or questions relating to you asking government questions. You said you wouldn't have your vaccines again if you had your, your time. As a sign that that's true, yeah. Why? I'm a young, healthy man, and I think that we have risks of... Okay, so the question was, if Vivek became president of the United States by Piers Morgan, this is the question, would you allow those types of protests to occur? And his answer is so telling. Yes. His answer is, that's not my job as a president to determine. My job as a president is to enforce the laws, the laws that are enacted by Congress and that are determined by the Supreme Court to be constitutional. I don't get to sit back in my armchair and say, you know what, I really don't agree with that, so I'm going to send out a task force to suppress it, or I'm going to contact my buddies over here at Facebook, and I'm going to tell them to censor it, to not allow it to be posted. That's not my job. My job as president is to allow the people to govern themselves, to allow Congress, their representatives, duly elected representatives, to make laws and then enforce those laws. And those laws are, they they should stick to defending the rights that are enshrined in our Constitution, but are, as Adam so aptly pointed out, given to us by God. I I really like what he said. He's like, um, if you suppress it, I mean you don't let them speak, they're going to scream. And if you don't let them, they're going to take physical action. I really like what he's saying. And he's saying, he's saying, he, um, like, people can express their opinions no matter how crazy they are, but how crazy the opinions are or how heinous. But when they start to take action, that's where he draws the line. And he, yeah. he doesn't tolerate taking action. So, and, and that's, that's where the definition of hate speech has really gone off the rails because the Supreme Court has determined that speech is protected until that point where it becomes hate speech. Now, let me, let me put this, give you an analogy here. My freedom of movement, my freedom to move about, you know, wherever uh, a public space or, or even private spaces is uninhibited by the government until I encounter you. And when my fist encounters your face, Mm -hmm. my freedom of movement is impeded, okay, Mm -hmm. by law, because you have the right to have, to be, to be uh, protected in your person, to be free from assault, okay, so if I'm going to punch you in the face, that is, and and I said, well, that's my expression of how I feel about Grayson, right, I, I, I think he's a dirtbag. And so I'm, I'm expressing how I feel by punching him in the face. No, that's, not, that's no longer free speech. Mm. You can dance. You can sing. You can post <laughs> pictures. You can do all these sorts of things. And those free speech isn't limited to vocalizing something or putting it down on paper or on the Internet. It, it, it can be a, an expression by action. But yeah. it cannot be to the point where it, it becomes physical. physical, yes, and it actually causes harm. Or if I get in your face and I tell you something that is so offensive that it, it, it has this immediate and imminent likelihood to cause you to react violently. So, for example, if um, a pro-Israeli protester 
got into somebody who was a pro-Palestinian protester and got right in their face and was pointing their finger right in their face. Maybe maybe they're not touching them, right? But they're like inches from their face. close. Yeah. And saying, you know, we have the right to defend ourselves, and that involves wiping out all of Gaza, even if it includes, you know, the killing of innocent women and children. If that were to happen, that is hate speech. That is not protected because, not because of what is said, but because of the circumstances in which it's said. That person is right in the face of the other person, and there's an imminent threat of harm, of, of violence breaking out. You cannot incite violence right then. Now, what um, the, the mainstream media has done is they've taken this and they say, well, okay, so if you say that um, the elections were unfair, then you are inciting violence by encouraging a rush on the Capitol on January 6th, right? And that is so far from the truth. Yeah. It's not immediate, right? It's not going to happen right then. It still gives people the ability to sit back and think about it and make an educated decision. And so what Vivek's response is, when you censor those people, which, which did take place, and saying, we don't think that the election was fair. Here's the reasons why we didn't think the election was fair. If you censor all those people, then they begin to scream. Yeah. And when you censor that, then they begin to march. And so his, what happened on January 6th wasn't, in, in his opinion, what, well, I don't know whether or not he thinks it's, it was an insurrection, Right and, and and an attempt of a coup to overthrow the government, but he says it was a result of the censorship of speech that was promoted by the government, and that's what you're going to continue to get if you continue to censor speech. The thing is, could we avoid that instead well, of censoring it and have them express their opinion? And yeah, and 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 I don't know. You know, I don't know if January sixth would have happened regardless. Um, I, I think that Vivek has a good point. I think that people were fed up of being censored on all their social media accounts, and so they went to demonstrate publicly. And then there were there were some bad actors um, <clears throat> within the crowd that really incited it to become violent, and and that was a blight on our government and 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 the way things ran. But I think that there was a there was a breakdown of the system all around, and it started with the censorship of, of speech. We'll have to wrap it up with that. That's all the time we have today. This is Life, Death, and Law. If you have questions or want to know more about something that was discussed today, please call the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hanson at 928-783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com. Hey, Yuma, Dave Ramsey here. If you listen to our show or know anything about us, then you know I only recommend products and services I trust and I believe in. That's why when it comes to protecting your assets and planning for your loved one's future, you've got to call my friends Sean Garner and Adam Hansen at the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen. I encourage you to take the first step and attend a free, no-pressure seminar and learn all of your options. The firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen has been educating the Yuma community for over 40 years, and this is the only area of law that they practice. Sean and Adam believe in giving free education to help people make smart decisions about their assets and help them 
leave a legacy for their family that they can be proud of. Schedule a free personal consultation today. Call 783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com. 